This is The Conversation on Hawaii Public Radio. Hawaii Talks. I'm Catherine Cruz. Well, this week, heads were shaking over the Democratic caucus in Iowa with glitches in a new system of reporting results. Organizers point to an app that muddled the process. And all eyes will be on New Hampshire next week as the party polls its members on who they will support for president. But what about Hawaii? Well, Kate Stanley joins us in studio this morning. She is the interim head of the Democratic Party. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. And and uh, it's nice to see you again. It's good to see you again, <laughs> Catherine. So, so tell us, we aren't calling what we're having here a caucus, right? We have a new name. It's called a party-run presidential primary. Yes. So this party-run presidential primary is very different than what we've done in the past. As a caucus state, our members would go to the precinct meeting Every four years, they would also participate in a presidential preference poll, and they would vote on slips of paper. And then in 2008 and 2016, we were kind of overwhelmed, and there was a lot of uh, concern about how parties and the different states were running their primaries, and the DNC called for some reforms. So... We prepared a plan to shift from that model of going to a cafeteria and doing a preference poll at the precinct meeting day to having a party-run presidential primary. We will have a mail ballot. People who are members of the Democratic Party, because this is a party-run presidential primary for party members, will receive a ballot in early March. If you've enrolled in the Democratic Party by February 18th and are also a registered voter in the state of Hawaii, you will receive a ballot. We will have a second mailing for those who register to vote and enroll in the party by March 8th. And then on April 4th, across the state, we will have 21 polling sites where people who want to participate but didn't join the party or register to vote in time for a mail ballot can show up and vote. And for people who look at their dining room table and discover they didn't mail their ballot in, (laughs) they can go to one of the 21 sites and turn in their ballot. Okay, so so not only do we have a new name, we have a new process. Um, uh, uh, Talk to us about the the turnout. You know, what's it been traditionally? uh, you know, because the, the ultimate voter turnout is, is low in Hawaii, but what's it been for the party? For the party, we have about 60, 60 to 65,000 enrolled members because we also have some people who are just associate members who won't be voting. And in 2016, when Bernie Sanders was competing with Hillary Clinton, we had 34,000 people participate. They went to a cafeteria or to a library for their precinct meeting and did a preference poll on a paper ballot. This year, because we've switched, redone our process to the mail ballot, we expect, we're hoping that we will have and planning for and trying to encourage people so we reach this target approximately 55,000 people participate. Okay, so you have big hopes. (laughs) It is a big hope, but we know that mail-in ballots are very attractive. We know that 
in state elections, over 50% of people have moved to using the mail ballot. So we think because we're doing the mail ballot, we will greatly enhance our participation. Okay, so uh, uh, hopefully people won't be uh, uh, turned off by, you know, change. We've got a, a new system of doing it this year, new name, uh, and then the choice of doing it by mail or actually going to uh, a precinct. Uh, and, and you've got those... To, to a polling to site. To a polling site, okay. It's not a... Not a precinct. We're not... My bad, okay. <laughs> no, that's all right, because it's, it's new and it's confusing and we have to keep, and we want to keep making it as clear as we can that this is a mail ballot. The polling sites will be where you will also vote on a paper. And then we will be uh, tabulating and counting the ballots on April 4th. Okay, and, and these polling sites, uh, they're, you know, throughout the state, you know, many are schools, which people are used to. Um, there is also the, uh, uh, Sheraton Princess Kaiulani Hotel, I guess, and, and is that where you'll be actually voting or, or counting at, the votes? That yes, night? that will be the counting site and a polling site. So uh, next week, in the various counties and in the various newspapers across the state, the counties will be running ads giving information about the locations of the precinct elections and also the date and location of these polling sites for the party-run presidential primary. Right, okay, and I know um, just looking at this sheet right now, Hawaii County, a lot of schools, community centers, Kauai, Lihui Civic Center, Maui, the Union Halls. Uh, yeah, so, so people just need to be aware that, that all this will be um, out there, and you'll have it on the website as well. Yes. Okay, and then... Um, so as far as uh, uh, the ballots, you know, you'll have, uh, I don't know, about a dozen uh, names on there. There may be people that will drop out before this actually um, uh, fires off. Um, anything else that you think is important for, for voters to know? Uh, what are the important deadlines again? I'll go over the deadlines. I just would like to touch on the ballot. We're going to have ranked choice voting, which means that you can vote for your first choice, your second choice, and your third choice. So that allows, say for instance, the, the candidate you voted for the, your first choice doesn't get 15% of the ballot, which would entitle them to the delegate. Then your ballot will be counted for your second choice. Okay, and, and uh, we aren't using an app, right? So we're not gonna have the problems that Iowa had. <laughs> what happened to Iowa is they tried to use an app for reporting the results. And we are having the ballots go to the counting center where they will be counting. We're not depending on the polling sites to call in results. Okay, so everybody, every state's probably doing it a little different, uh, but you feel pretty confident that we're not going to have those snafus, huh? <laughs> I don't think we'll have the snafus Iowa has, okay. but I'm sure we'll have a few hiccups. That's why we're working very hard to plan for every eventuality and have a plan in place. Okay, and then important deadlines Is real quick. February, February 7, 18th to enroll in the party, and then again by March 8th. And if you don't do all of that, April 4th, you can register to vote, enroll in the party, and vote in the party-run presidential primary. 
All right. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Kate Stanley, for laying this out on a new name, new process, and so people need to pay attention. (laughs) Thank you for having me. All right. We have been talking with Kate Stanley, interim head of the Democratic Party here in Hawaii. Uh, You may be wondering what's happening with the GOP. Well, the party here had a caucus set for March, uh, but apparently that has been canceled as all of its 19 votes will go to support President Donald Trump. Support for Hawaii Public Radio comes from Matson, celebrating the arrival of the Daniel K. Inoue, the first of four new ships designed and built for its Hawaii service. Matson.com. Each week, New Dimensions explores the social, political, scientific, environmental, and spiritual frontiers with some of today's foremost social innovators, thinkers, scientists, and creative artists. Hi, I'm Michael Gelb, author of Brain Power, Improve Your Mind as You Age. Next time on New Dimensions, I'll be talking about how to improve your mind every single day for the rest of your life. Sunday morning at 11. Support for Hawaii Public Radio comes from the Honolulu Museum of Art, presenting Immersive Spaces, an exhibition featuring large-scale contemporary photographic works through February 23rd. HonoluluMuseum.org. This is The Conversation on statewide, member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Coming up, your backyard quiz. In today's Backyard Quiz, we take a look at the fierce defender of the Hawaiian throne and lesser-known participant of the uprising of 1895, Lot Lane. A man of imposing stature, Lane was the son of an Irish sea captain of a royal chiefess and said to be descended from the line of Kamehameha. On his first birthday, a grand luau with over 2,000 guests was held. Among those in attendance, King Kamehameha V, who after holding the young boy in his arms, supposedly sought to make him his heir, though the king would pass away before this could be formalized. As Lot grew to adulthood, he remained a fierce loyalist to the royal throne and earned the rank of lieutenant in the royal guard. Following the overthrow of the monarchy in 1893, Lot and his brothers took part in Robert Wilcox's failed uprising against the provisional government. Following the Battle of Manoa, Lane escaped in the valley's jungle brush and survived on rainwater and bananas before surrendering, becoming the very last insurgent to be arrested for his involvement in the uprising. While in prison with his fellow rebels, Lane protested the lack of adequate food by making a commotion so fearsome that the attending guards gave in, fearing the wrath they might face otherwise. For today's Backyard Quiz, we ask you the name of the hometown of Lot Lane, the man that the Hawaiian Star newspaper once called the finest physical specimen in the islands. Call 941-3689 or 877-941-3689 if you think you know the answer. The first one to get it right gets a reusable tote bag that tells people you got it right.
Support for the Backyard Quiz comes from the Realtors and staff of Locations, proudly supporting HPR's commitment to sharing stories of Hawaii's people and places. Locations, welcome home. Here in Oahu, the popular community recycling drives will see their hours cut, but not because demand is dwindling. At a recent Going Green event held at Castle High School in uh, January, there were longer lines since the window for dropping off e-waste and other items is now reduced down to two hours instead of an all-day or half-day event. We talked to Reen Mancho, who has been behind the recycling drive events for the last 17 years. She says the tightening is due to manpower, though the need for such events is still high. This is the 17th year of our free recycling community cleanup days and the focus is on e-waste. So all the electronic waste, printers, scanners, one TV per car, monitors. Anyway, we found that the demand is still there for recycling. So we're all volunteers. This is our Saturdays of service. But for the year 2020, we've reduced our schedule to two hours. We used to do 9 to 1. We broke it down to 9 to 12. We found people will still come, but because of labor costs, and our, we're trying to maximize our time since we're all volunteers too. 9 to 11 for all events for the year 2020, and we'll see how that goes. But we're still busy, and we're still loading the electronic waste on pallets or shrink wrapping them. We're sh everything is being shipped to the mainland. So they're shredding it so you don't have to worry about identity theft. They're recycling the precious metals or reusable parts. But the main thing is it's not going in any of our landfills in Hawaii. So people are so happy. They're bringing their 60-inch TVs. They're bringing all their bulky bulk computers and all their accessories. And people are just thanking us. Recycling people are very special. They're willing to wait in long lines just to unload one laptop because they're so happy it's going to be recycled and they know it's not going into our landfills. I think I have a few monitors in my closet I could probably unload. We'd love to take them. TNN Computer Recycling has been doing this with me for 17 years. It's only because there's a demand. Every year I think, okay, we're done for this year, but people keep calling. Can you come to our school? Can you come to our church? Can you come to our neighborhood? So our schedule is at opala.org. The city publicizes it. In fact, when people call the city, where can I take this? They go, call Reen Mancho. And so my phone ringing and I can direct them where to go because people want to recycle. They just, it's hard right now. You know, the convenience issue. So we're happy. Castle High School is here today. We got 50 volunteers. Our sponsors come out to help them with many Huni water and the bentos from Hawaii Memorial Park. Especially, we're happy that the, the, the school committees, Key Club, National Honor Society, the parents come out, teachers. It's a real good Ohana event. And I, the students, if you notice that, they're so professional. They're talking, they're smiling, they're thanking. They're doing some heavy labor, unloading some. We can't do it, but they're helping. And they're really cooperating with the community, trying to be accessible and telling them, stay in the car, we'll help you unload. It's a great um, project for students, I think. So now you're wearing a Lions yes. International yes. vest, so they're taking part in this as well. Right, so the Lions Club does all of the Going Green events as the Hawaii Lions District 50. We're collecting eyeglasses and hearing aids, and this is part of our environmental committee project. So part of the Lions is doing this as part of environmental projects annually. So what else are you collecting today? The Hawaii Food Bank is getting canned goods. Bella Project is getting prom dresses for girls who need to go prom. YWCA is getting dress for sex, sex suits. 
all the other usable household items and clothing is going to United Cerebral Palsy. Okay, so you've got a, a section here for batteries that I see in that corner. The clothes are down back over right. there behind that building. We've got the batteries from Interstate Batteries. We're only taking car batteries and lead acid batteries. A new feature today is plastic bottle caps and lids. The Beach Project wanted to join us because, again, they're shipping all the plastic to the mainland, melts it to make plastic products. Again, everything is helping our environment. So if other organizations want to join us, because it's a free community event, we welcome them. Okay, and this is uh, basically monthly throughout the, throughout the year, 2020? <laughs> throughout the year, there's sometimes one a month, three a month. We even do weekdays for the government agencies downtown because they need to also recycle their electronic waste. And we do these 9 to 11 events. I noticed when I was in city council, we were passing bills mandating recycling, providing facilities and all these things, but we didn't have agreement among all the government leaders. So as much as recyclers want to recycle, they want the convenience, we need that leadership to say, let's not reinvent the wheel. Let's do what Seattle is doing. They provide two containers at your sidewalk, one for waste, that is recyclable and one for regular waste, they weigh it. You pay for the trash you're throwing away, but they pay you for the trash you're recycling. So your bill is less. There's a lot of good things that's going on in Japan and Europe and we go, can we try it here? But we haven't had that yet. All we found out is TNN says, Reen, wherever you go, we'll go with you. And that's why we're filling this need of keeping all this electronics out of the landfill. Product-wise, we know that we're making a big difference with the landfill issues and environmental. But I have to tell you, the human side of this is everybody's coming through, waving, saying, thank you for doing this. Recycling people are a special breed. They're willing to wait in those long lines, and they really feel it's important to have recycling. That's why they all save all these things and wait until we come. It should signal our community, our government leaders, that we need to do more with recycling. Are you involved with any other uh, recycling projects on the other neighbor islands? I used to do it on Maui, I used to do it on the big island, but we don't have the resources right now. But the need is there, everybody wants it. So they'll call me, they go, can you come to Kauai and do what you're doing with Going Green? And you know, we used to do it, but we don't have the resources right now. It's all volunteers. That's the hard part. Hard part. Yeah. But it's a good example for other government county and you know statewide should take a look at this is servicing our neighborhoods we're keeping it off the street in fact when we started this in 2003 it was because all this junk was on the side of the road and people didn't know bulky items all piling up so we had these e events for collection and we noticed those neighborhoods are cleaner because recycling has taken a really big ch a chunk out of H power we're short on our requirement for H-Power. So we're paying a penalty because we don't have enough material to burn to make electricity. So well, we're going to keep recycling <laughs> no matter what. And that was Reen Mancho talking about the cutback in hours for the Going Green collection events for the rest of the year.
Honolulu Civil Beat has a story about a complaint filed with the Federal Elections Commission over campaign contributions linked to a company here in Hawaii. For our reality check, reporter Nick Gruby joins us from Washington, D.C. Good morning, or good afternoon to you, I should say. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Catherine. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so this is an interesting story because we're talking about a company that does business here in Hawaii, but a lawmaker that is from the mainland. That's right. So let me set the stage here uh, a little bit for for the listeners. Um, it, really, this is a story that began, at least for me, um, with a $150,000 donation that came from this mysterious Hawaii company that went to a super PAC that was supporting uh, Republican Senator Susan Collins, who's from Maine. Um, now, the Campaign Legal Center, which is a nonprofit watchdog here in Washington, D.C., had filed a complaint with the Federal Election Commission alleging that this Hawaii company that has this awkward name of the Society of Young Women Scientists and Engineers, LLC, um, may actually be breaking the law because uh, it, its, its donation appeared to be what's considered a straw donation. And essentially what that is, is it's creating a fake business as sort of a front for donors to anonymously give to various political causes and campaigns, uh, uh, which, of course, um, transparency is the point of the campaign finance laws that we have on the books. Um, Now, when I started looking at this complaint, it made me wonder who else from Hawaii was donating um, to Susan Collins. And that's what sort of led me down the path to... Uh, Navitech LLC, which is this Hawaii-based company. And really, this is all about following the money. Um, and uh, that's when I discovered that this defense contractor, uh, whose CEO is, goes by the name of uh, Martin Kao, um, had maxed out his donations to Senator Collins, as had several of his family members and their employees. Um, what made this all the more interesting, of course, is that the company Navitech had recently been awarded an $8 million contract from the U.S. Navy, and uh, Senator Collins had actually gone to a Navitech celebration of this contract uh, at its offices in Maine um, and essentially said at that time that she uh, had done a lot of work to make that contract possible. And so uh, as far as in this donation, I mean, it's not just to this uh, Republican um, lawmaker, right? I mean, uh, the contributions are, were also made to some of our Democratic uh, senators as well. Sure. Now, um, uh, Martin Kao, he donates to a lot of people. He's donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to political candidates um, at the federal level um, and tens of thousands as well to, at, at the state level. Um, and so he spreads his money around. But I think what's curious in this case is that it's him, his employees, and his family all seem to be giving to Senator Collins uh, large sums around the same time. For many of them, uh, they were actually donating the maximum amount that they could, which is $5,600, on the same day, um, which, of course, uh, was surrounding the time that this contract was awarded. But yes, um, Martin Kyle has given to um, Hawaii lawmakers, including Senators Brian Schatz and Maisie Hirono. Uh, he's given to uh, Tulsi Gabbard in the past, uh, who's our current Hawaii Congresswoman. He's also given to 
uh, Mark Kai, the late uh, Hawaii congressman uh, who represented our first congressional district. Well, tell us about this group, this Society of Young Women Scientists and Engineers, because I've never really heard of it. You're not alone on that. A lot of people actually hadn't heard of it, which is why it sort of uh, piqued a lot of interest uh, here in Washington and elsewhere. Um, this is a, a company that was formed in November, uh, and it doesn't really have much of a footprint online. There's no indication uh, anywhere that explains really what this business is, how it makes its money, uh, who's running it. The only thing that we know is that it was registered in November by somebody by the name of Jennifer Lamb. In December, it gave $150,000 to uh, a super PAC that supports Senator Collins. Um, that was enough to alert the Campaign Legal Center, of course, uh, to, to possible questions about whether that donation was legal because the question really was at the time is where did, where did this company get its money and who really is behind this company? Right, so it's follow the money. I guess we'll have to wait and see uh, uh, what the um, uh, Elections Commission decides. Well, yeah, that, that, that's part of it. The, the Federal Elections Commission uh, does have a complaint sitting on its desk, and they may yet investigate, but uh, one of the things that we were able to sort of point out, and again, this is sort of a curiosity, is that when you look at uh, Navitech and Martin Kao, his wife's name is Tiffany Lamb, but her full name is Tiffany Jennifer Lamb. And remember, the name of the registered agent of this organization, the Society of Young Women Scientists and Engineers, is Jennifer Lamb. Right. Okay. So lots of connecting the dots. So if folks want to uh, to find out more and see where the players are, they should uh, head to your website, visit civilbeat.org. Thanks so much, Nick. Thank you. Last month, we told you about the work of, President, of University of Hawaii professor Ken Leonhardt working to keep landscapes and gardens free from the tree pods and stinky fruit produced by some of Hawaii's trees. This response came in via email. I really enjoyed your guest and the information he shared on today's The Conversation. Uh, professor Leonhardt's subject was interesting. He was able to speak in layman's terms and explain complex processes, and the subject was useful to listeners. Plus, he had a clear, strong speaking voice. I thought, this man should be in radio. And that was from listener Lynn Carey. We also received some listener feedback in response to the HPR News Series on trash and recycling. Uh, these listeners shared some difficulties that they have regarding recycling and shared some interesting points on waste contributors here in Hawaii. Here's what they had to say. Hi, my name is Brian. I work for uh, a company called Reuse Hawaii over on Oahu. And we're uh, in the new business of deconstruction. So from the studies that we've done, there's been over 400 houses a year that have been demolished demolished on, uh, on Oahu. And uh, that's a huge portion of that, that waste stream that goes into the landfill. So we're just trying to do our best part to uh, divert some of that. And uh, last year alone, our little organization diverted over 1,000 tons of waste from going into the landfill. So uh, that might be something good to, to mention, how much waste comes from the construction industry as well. Listening to the report on, from Kauai, uh, 
about the landfill. I was thinking to myself, I really, I live by myself, but I really don't know what I can um, divert instead of submitting for as Opala or landfill. I would appreciate in Honolulu refresher, uh, if you call it that. I don't want to go and have to research on the internet and read this. I want to recap how to do it, how me as a kupuna can recycle. And thank you so much for the feedback. If you have any comments or thoughts to share, please email us at, at talkback at hawaiipublicradio.org. Reach out via social media on Facebook or Twitter or call our Talkback line, 792-8217. Support for Hawaii Public Radio comes from Hawaiian Airlines, celebrating 90 years, offering more than 170 flights a day between the neighbor islands. Reservations at hawaiianairlines.com. Hi, it's Courtney Thomas from the membership team here at HPR. We're currently conducting a survey of all of our station members. Your input really helps guide the station, as well as plan for the coming months and years. So if you haven't already, check your email inbox for the survey link and take a few minutes to tell us what you think. It means a lot to us. And as always, mahalo for your support. Support for Hawaii Public Radio comes from Evergreen by Deborah, providing tile, mosaic murals, and planters for more than 25 years and offering hydroflow permeable pavers designed to absorb rainwater and reduce runoff. Evergreenbydebra.com. We were talking about a Going Green event earlier, which included a drive for eyeglasses. You know, for close to 100 years, the Lions Club has been working to save sight and to prevent blindness. Alice Kubo talked with us recently about the recent launch of its eyeglass drive. Lions in Sight actually is for everybody in the state of Hawaii to get to know lions. And so we try to make ourselves visible by being in all the Walmarts, or any mom-and-pop store statewide. And this year, we got, again, we got Walmart on board. We were at all Walmart stores on the neighbor islands, um, Big Island. We were at all the super KTA stores. We were on Maui, also at Lahaina Cannery, and... Um, we were also on Kauai at all the Big Save locations. We collect used eyeglasses year-round, and um, if there's anybody out there that got used eyeglasses, we ask them to please drop them off at any Walmart site at the Vision Center. They collect eyeglasses for us. We also have over... 300 eyeglass collection boxes located in businesses all over the state. And if you get onto the Hawaii Lions website, they'll list the locations for you. So whenever an organization needs eyeglasses 
and they're going to wherever, Philippines, or like we just got one from the Army, and they're going to yap. So we're going to provide the eyeglasses. Uh, we have several other organizations that go. We also have lions that go on missions and take the eyeglasses to Cambodia. And we had at one time the Bishop Museum that went uh, and took eyeglasses on their mission. So we have several organizations. Dr. Corboy is another one that um, took our eyeglasses on the mission when they went. And you also uh, took a number of glasses to, was it Afghanistan? Yes, that was several years ago. Uh, we had a district governor at that time. Well, that was a scary experience for just to hear what he had to go through, you know. Um, he had to dress like them, and uh, it was quite scary. But he was able to take some there and was quite successful. Yeah, so we have them going all over yeah, so we thank the public, though, for saving their used eyeglasses. And every year we try to collect between twenty and 30000 Now, is it just prescription glasses, or do you take sunglasses no, as well? No, anything. Sunglasses are good because in places like um, the Philippines, where it's, I guess, a lot of sun, they look forward to receiving those also. But it's so interesting that whenever they go on missions, they have a bunch of people that just line up to receive those eyeglasses. So it's good to hear that um, even the students, the younger ones that don't have eyeglasses and receive it for the first time, and they're so excited, like, you know, wow, they can see, or the older ones who receive eyeglasses and can find a job. So it, it's cool to hear what's happening. Doesn't the Lions Group also take the cases as well for the, for the no, glasses? No, not anymore. We were told that um, we cannot recycle um, the cases, so we don't use that. But Lions also collects use hearing aids. Oh, so tell us about that. So we have a doctor that um, collects the hearing aids and he'll send them away and he'll be able to get funding. It's not huge, but, you know, enough to uh, repair what we're using currently in the schools. So we do have free vision and hearing. That's our signature project, free vision and hearing in the schools and our audiologists. Uh, appreciates receiving the used hearing aids. So if folks have old ones that aren't in use, drop it off at the Walmart stores. It's starting to pick up. It's slow, but, you know, we are getting more. But uh, with the eyeglasses, we are really successful. And after we collect it, the clubs, each club will set up their own cleaning eyeglasses session, and they'll wash the eyeglasses, dry it, pack it, and box it, and that's what we ship out to missions. And so if you have a pair of glasses that are maybe a little bent, those are okay? Um, I guess they'll 
be able to fix, but not the broken ones. Okay, so but if they're in pretty good shape and the prescription yes. in particular, those are the ones that uh, you can get the most use out of. Yes, we're in the community to help uh, schools, organizations that need help in your community. So we do everything from A to Z, whatever, <laughs> the, especially the schools. We try to help them. Okay, and you need more volunteers, more members? <laughs> Hey, we do need members. We're always looking for members, and we would love to have. The only thing is that we have to, you have to be sure, lions are quite active in the community. You have to truly, really want to be doing whatever we're doing, and I notice that the members that get on board, they totally are committed to giving back to the community, which is awesome. And that was Alice Kubo of the Hawaii Lions Club working on the campaign drive to collect eyeglasses and hearing aids across the state. For links on how to help or volunteer, head to our website, hawaiipublicradio.org. In today's Backyard Quiz, we take a look at the last man to be arrested as an insurgent for his involvement in the 1895 uprising. Tall and imposing, Lot Lane claimed lineage to not only the Hawaiian royal lineage through Kamehameha, but to the Irish royal line as well. In his youth, he was a favorite of Kamehameha V and was even seen as a potential heir to the kingdom before the king died. Lane's brother and fellow insurgent, John Carey Lane would later serve as the mayor of Honolulu and a founding member of the Order of Kamehameha. Lot and his other brother James were said to be at Queen Liliuokalani's side during the overthrow and later took up arms to reinstate the queen to the throne. Following the failure of the uprising, Lane was the last of the rebels to be arrested by the new provisional government. When he was brought to jail, a contingent of six men led the six-foot-four Hawaiian loyalists to his cell. Following the annexation of Hawaii, Lot Lane became an American citizen and would go on to promote the value of civic duty and loyalty to one's nation. Lot Lane was born on July 31, 1864 in Wailua, which was the answer for today's quiz. So if you have an idea for a quiz, please send it to talkback at hawaiipublicradio.org. Support for The Conversation comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Pacific Database, Chaminade University, and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. We the Voyagers. It's a film about traditional navigators from the Solomon Islands. It's a little different tale than the Hokulea and the Renaissance of Steering by the Stars. The documentary debuted on the Big Island and in Honolulu last month and will be screened on Kauai this month. Take a listen. My name is Simon Salopuka. I am from a Polynesian island called Taumako. I left my home as a young boy to go to school. I recently returned to my island to learn about our traditional voyaging customs. 
Ontamako, our ancestor is Lata. When I was a child, my elders told me stories about how Lata built the first voyaging canoe. Lata named the vessel Kepuke. The director of We the Voyagers Project is Kauai anthropologist Marianne Mimi George. She talked with us recently about the project to document the voyaging traditions of ethnic Polynesians in this very remote part of the Pacific. Well, my part has really been to assist the uh, young people of Talamaco community to document their own voyaging knowledge and practices. Uh, during the last 25 years, and to help them with editing and getting through the process to make a, to make films for outsiders. They're making their own films for themselves, uh, but they wanted to have uh, the first couple of films in English language to inform outsiders that they exist and uh, what they do how they do it, and and why they're doing it. It's about identity, culture, and it's about voyaging traditions, ancient voyaging practices that are not being practiced elsewhere, that these people are the only Polynesian people who are still doing these things, and, and some of the things they do may be the only people in the Pacific who are still doing everything in the ancient way, that is to say, the designs of their vessels, the materials that they use, the methods they use, and also the tools. They're not using any modern stuff. So I think most of our listeners are coming from a place with Hokulea and what they learned from yeah. Maupiailug in Micronesia. But the area that you focus on in this documentary film is really uh, from the Solomon Islands. Yes. They're Polynesian people who live in the Southeast Solomon Islands. There are about 18 different communities in the Western Pacific who are Polynesians uh, in culture, in language. Um, as far as I know, the Talmaco people are the only Polynesian people who are doing everything the ancient way. And it's something that Polynesian Voyaging Society, the Hokulea folks, didn't have a chance to do and, and didn't know about these people. So that's why Nainoa worked on making a, a star navigation system, star-based navigation system in Bishop Planetarium. That's why he got training from Malpialug. Uh, a lot of seamanship, but not all the voyaging, uh, not all the navigation knowledge that Malpialug used because Mal himself said, I can't teach you all that. Bring me your babies and I'll teach them. It takes a long time. It's like 20 years of experiential knowledge to get it all. And that's what's so amazing is that the Kalmako people still have the same kind of experiential knowledge that Malpialug had that he could not teach to Hawaii uh, 
and and other folks who basically didn't have the time. The whole title is We the Voyagers, Lata's Children. And Lata is in in Hawaiian in Hawaii called Waka, in other places Rata, La'a, and, and other variations around the Pacific and the Indonesia. Lata was the first voyager. So the folks in Taumako regard themselves as the living crew of Lata. They are using Lata's methods, Lata's materials, Lata's tools, and Lata's navigation knowledge and really just knowledge system uh, in their everyday lives, including for building, sailing, and navigating their canoes, their voyaging vessels. The first film is the, the, the Taumako people explaining who they are, where they are, their history, what the situation is for them. And uh, the, the fact that they were learning from their elders, in particular their, their paramount chief, Teliki Kavea, Koloso Kavea, uh, who started this project in 1996, officially. Um, so it, it, when he died in 2009, they had only had 16 years of learning from him. So they set about, the younger people set about uh, testing their knowledge, and they built a vessel a new vessel for themselves. So um, that vessel, the, the completion of that vessel, is the ending of the part one film. The part two film is the crew, the crew selection, how they learn to sail and to navigate, and they actually uh, take voyages um, to a couple of different islands. Uh, in part two. So it's it's the crew of Lata at sea um, and, uh, you know, applying their knowledge and welcoming outsiders to, to join in. Both films explain and show how the, the Tamako people are acting out, are actually being the crew of Lata. And they tell you the story. They tell you parts of the story. They act out parts of the story as it goes along. But they're also, you know, today's uh, people doing what Lata did. So it's a, it's a real thing today. And it's also explaining the story that um, is certainly hundreds of years old. It's probably thousands of years old. You know, what, what Talmako is offering is ancient knowledge and practice that's still happening. Um, the last five years, the Tamako people have had their own uh, charitable organization. And so we, we work under them, assisting them. So the Pacific Tradition Society, the Waka Tamako Project, is based in Hawaii, but it, we're still supporting the Tamako people in their effort to perpetuate the practice of the knowledge. It's not a revival project. It's, it never dies. It's a perpetuation uh, of what they know and do, and 
you know, they hope to reestablish, uh, ultimately, the, the goal is to reestablish uh, partnerships and net- networks throughout the Pacific based on the ancient knowledge, the ancient practices, you know, making uh, laohala sales, um, knowing how to use the tools, the hand tools to, you know, to add the different parts, using the different, the many different types of trees and plants for each different part, using all the different techniques and, and the navigation knowledge. There are things that have not been a part of the the learning here yet that are just amazing. These are not just local navigation, you know, phenomena. These are universal phenomena. In fact, this light called Telapa that they they use as one of their navigation tools, um, I've seen it in off South Africa. I've seen it in Hawaii, Hawaiian Islands. I've seen it in Fiji. It's it's you know it's a universal phenomena. We've been talking to Mimi George. This two-part We the Voyagers film has already been to the Big Island and Oahu. Look for screenings this month at Kauai's Hanalei Community Center and Waimea Theater. Go to our website at hawaiipublicradio.org for details. Well, we've run out of time today. Next week, we talk about the effect of the novel coronavirus on the world economy and here in the islands. What are your concerns? Is your business being affected by the cuts in China trips? Uh, Call 808. 792-8217 and record your comments. Email us at talkback at hawaiipublicradio.org or reach out on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you want to hear our show again or listen to a past show, uh, go to the conversation page on the HPR website, hawaiipublicradio.org. Our program produced by Lillian Song, Harrison Patino, Jason Ubai, and Paige Okimura. Mahalo to Gypsy 808 for our theme music and John DeMello for the Backyard Quiz. I'm Catherine Cruz. Join us on Monday. Pick up the conversation.